What's going on, everybody? I'm Rainer. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Collecting Rarities, the show that I cannot believe is still made it on the air. <laughs> we are me, joined me today. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, wow. All right. We are joined today by the head of the, uh, the network, uh, the Ox Father himself, Zachary, here to talk about mechanical keyboards. But before we get into every show, we always have to do that special thing known as the sponsor tag we like to thank our uh, sponsor Watto Scrapyard for sponsoring this show he does an amazing job just great guy to deal with and if you uh, need any head sculpt printed he's the man to go to Seth what do you think same Oh, definitely. I kind of feel like I need a head sculpt of myself printed, honestly, at this point. Oh, God, yeah. That'd be <laughs> awesome, dude. That'd be awesome, dude. Get an extra tall body, you know, with a buff body. You know. mm -hmm. the, what is it? The, that the new Fison M30, M33? Yes. yes. That's <laughs> oh, my That's God. Body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start off today's show with the uh, Sabre news. Uh Saberforge has gotten their restocks in, and they have restocked a bunch of their stuff. So you've got the Archon there. That's the picture to the left. Um, great Saber. Very, very nice hilt. You've also restocked the Bane. That's the center picture. Um, the Epoch, the Fallen, the Fallen Order, which is our picture on the right there. The Hunter's Creed, the Phoenix, the Rebel Princess, and the Sinister Prophecy. Um, all great Sabers. I'm not as big of a fan of the Sinister Prophecy, but, you know... It is what it is. It's more of a generic, too generic saber in my opinion. What's going on, Danny Lee? What's going on? So, Seth, speaking of which, you said you had wanted to get a custom saber. Have you gotten, have you gone down that, that rabbit hole yet? You know, I actually, uh, I purchased one a while back, and I'm now waiting um, on my second month of waiting for it. So, yeah, that's fun. Who'd you who'd you purchase it from? Um, who was it? It was Ultra Sabers. Actually, it was their like Darth Vader one. Ultra Sabers. Yeah, apparently they've been hit with some uh, wicked delays because of COVID, <laughs> and so they keep apologizing and saying we can always swap it out with something else. But I'm gonna hold out for the Darth Vader one. So I hope when I get it that it is definitely worth like the effort the, that <laughs> is weird for ultra sabers because ultra sabers usually can crank out a saber in a week yeah. I mean, that is really weird um at this point you might as well have gotten one from saber forge hilt's gonna be a lot nicer too yeah <laughs> i'm kind of thinking that i'd screwed up there but you know we'll see i i honestly if if it's gonna be two months from ultra sabers i cancel that thing go, go on a vader's vault or go on a saber forge or corbanth or hell even saber trio and just get something better because yeah. I've always considered Ultra Sabers more of the Kmart of the Saber community. Damn, bro. Ouch. Um, Put them on blast. I feel like they kind of deserve it. it. <laughs> calling it like it is. Calling it like it is. I mean, when you can get a Saber in a week and they run their place like a Chinese sweatshop, you know? <laughs> Jesus. Well, next time I won't be buying from the Kmart of... Uh, of right. saber building. <laughs> Apparently not. Go to the Pox store too. The Pox store is another excellent one if you don't mind waiting for it to come from China, but they're really good. Cool. The Pox I'll store. To check it out. So what's going on? Welcome to the stream. Alrighty, let's get going here. So this is my little segment called Minifigure of the Month, and I'm actually really <laughs> proud of this one because just this minifigure alone, just because I never knew it was going to be worth so much money. But when I first came out, because it was a set I was kind of wishy-washy on. So this is the Ahsoka Tano from Rebels here. Set number five, 75158. It's the Lego Rebel Combat Frigate set. And this came out, and everybody was kind of like, eh, whatever, it's kind of unimpressive. A lot of people skipped out on it. And the set retailed for like $110, but it, the price point was, the piece to count price point wasn't there. You had um, a lot of um, people not happy about that because the price, uh, there were only about 900 pieces. And the price point was about $110. 
so it didn't reach that like 10 cents per brick kind of price point that you really wanted to wanted to get to mm-hmm. and so everybody was kind of like and plus the set itself was just kind of just unimpressive but it did come is the only set that come with adult ahsoka from Rebels, and so when the set got retired and uh, Soka started appearing on more stuff, the minifigure price shot up. Of course, now the minifigure is worth 120 to 160 on the aftermarket, and That's crazy, it's worth more than the set was at retail. And pe- you people see people scalping the set for four or five hundred dollars just because it comes with this minifigure. Oh yeah, Jesus. I can imagine. Even, I mean, like, do you see it, like, jumping up in price even more now that we're starting to see Ahsoka in so much and she's become, like, even more popular than she that's was? That's the thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, this is the little figure right here for those of us who are turning in live. This is the figure right here. It's hard to believe that this little piece of plastic is worth 150 bucks. And you said we're giving that away, right, for the trivia? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. <laughs> See Zachary create like a bunch of bots. Be like, okay, I'm on this shit. <laughs> so I'm going. I'm going for it. Oh my gosh. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, I I love the minifigure, and you know, you look at it closely. It's got like the whitish sabers. It's also a rare part because you've got the white sabers there. Well, that's and awesome. Come, come into focus there. There we go. Yeah, you've got the unique saber hilts and the white saber blades. Yeah, um, fun times, fun times. But, Seth, it is now time for your segment. Sneaker of the show. I totally realized after I put this up that I had screwed up. It's actually the Nike PG or Paul George 2.5 PlayStation Wolf Grey. That was completely my bad. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) just kick me off the show now. I can't believe I would screw up so badly. But no, this is the Nike PG 2.5 PlayStation Wolf Grey. Uh, It's obviously Paul George's signature shoe. Uh, He plays for the Clippers now, if y'all don't follow basketball. He is a huge gamer, and so that's why they did a PlayStation deco of the shoe. They've actually done three PlayStation um, colorways of his shoe two of them in the 2.5s and one of them in the paul george 2. the first one was like modeled after the colors of the dualshock controller this one is actually more towards the original playstation yeah Uh, i noticed that with the color scheme Mm -hmm. and if you look closely it actually has like the little button logos all over the shoe they actually oh went through gosh, seven yeah. different iterations to get the colors exactly right to match the original <laughs> PlayStation. God damn. Jeez, can you imagine? Oh, it's off by one shade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nike collaborated closely with PlayStation to get the color match perfect. So, it's, I mean, it's a pretty cool shoe. Plus, it has the light-up tongues, which is unique. The only thing that sucks is the battery is not replaceable, so if that ever wears out, I guess I just have tongues that don't light up anymore. <laughs> so, do you, did the bottoms light up at all? or No, it's just that little the Paul George logo and the PlayStation logo, which you can't really see the PlayStation logo as much because it has like the colors on it and it doesn't light up as well, which I mean, honestly, how do you turn? Sucks. How do you turn the light on? Is it a button? It's, or? Yeah, it's a little it's button like Every time back. you walk? Oh, now just like a little button you hit and so you can actually hit it to where it lights up and just glowing constantly or you can hit it again and it'll flash or then hit it again and it turns off damn so, um, so you said these are the 2.5 so 2. what's the difference between the 2 and the 2.5s so the only thing that changed between the 2 and the 2.5 was they actually had lacing across the midfoot and then they changed in the 2.5 to have that velcro like midfoot strap does he actually wear these when he plays, or yeah, he like a, he oh, definitely okay. wears it. Like this is his signature shoe, so like he Do you wears. Keep the lights this. on. I don't know. I don't <laughs> you imagine probably, him like falling like down the court. Yeah, that's probably against NBA regulation, I would assume. So. Yeah. Dude, dude, that that would be hilarious though if they actually allowed lights on the shoes. Like, can you imagine some of the strobes you can put on those things? Yeah. Although I don't know the. Um, what is it? The the adjustable shoe. I totally blanked on the name of it. But yeah, Nike has their uh, the shoe. Air Pippins. No, it's the one that like adjusts to your foot. The um, oh, 
Adapt. They have the Adapt Basketball, which also has lights on it and people playing that. So I would assume that maybe the lights aren't against an NBA regular. And I, I don't know. Just look, maybe look maybe you that. just can't have them on. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. Hmm. I don't have Pretty an cool answer. Shoes. So these are you you own this is <laughs> yes. your pair right This is oh, my okay. pair. Wow. Yeah, Damn, Seth I need to go is to shoe a... shopping in Seth's closet. Oh, Get some fancy light no. up shoes. Seth, tell them a little bit about your collection, man. It's been a while Obviously, since you've been on. Somebody does not listen to our show. No, I know you have nice <laughs> shoes. You have, you have nice everything. You have nice everything. I, I would assume you have a, a fine collection of, uh, of shoes. I am up to... I, I think I'm close to 60 pairs of shoes now. Oh, jeez. Yeah, oh, that's, that's I'm getting dang. pretty close. So. I think I have like two. Maybe yep. maybe three. You know, life's too short to just have two pairs two of shoes. Two and a half. Well, I have like I got, I have I four this, keyboards, but I got two pairs of shoes. I got size seventeen boats, and you know what? I don't have. Oh, I do have them here. There. Let me just let me just do a show close up to the camera. This is why I cannot afford the nice shoes that Seth does. You know what? I'm gonna these, find you the, a pair of seventeens and a badass. Dude, where are the Jesus sandals? Show me the sandals. We gotta do the sandal of the week, guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Jesus sandals. These are what we're now referred to as the Jesus. Sandals. I can't believe you have those under the desk. Those are amazing. <laughs> he was ready. He was ready. It was like, as soon as we're talking about He's like, about bro, shoes. I'm not going to fuck around and let Seth steal the fucking thunder, bro. Hit him with, that, hit him with the, the Jesus Air Max double O's, bro. Dude, like, I even got my fucking Crocs under here, dude. Like, Check this shit out. The Jesus BCADs, bro. See, you can always get the, the Post Malone Crocs. Come dude, on. Those are the, Paul, those are the, the, the PG 1.0s. <laughs> so they do gray Crocs. So that that's a legitimate question of mine, though, Seth. Do they literally do they make these nice tennis shoes that you're going out and buying in my size? Because I would be interested. But I mean, yeah, I they, George is a big. They do car. mostly in basketball shoes. Um, I have seen Yeezys in your size. Um, but yeah, like most Jordans, I would say go up that that high. Nice. Nice. So, uh, yeah, Eddie, same. you just missed the Jesus sandals, man. Yeah, just missed your Come bit. on, Eddie. So what's Come the, on, uh, you slacking, bro. What's the retail price? Of so retail shoes? on these, these weren't as popular. So um, they actually, uh, I think they were like a two hundred dollars shoe, and they're still sitting at like two hundred dollars, which you know, shit. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's cool. They did. They look cool. I mean, I like I like them for what they are, and it's. Just I'm willing to bet if you really wanted to, you could probably change the battery. Like if you just take it apart, I'm, I'm almost certain you could find yeah. the battery and replace it. Mm-hmm. But it's, this is one of the few shoes that's actually sold um, on StockX with a disclaimer that the lights might not work when you buy them. <laughs> the <fuck from> <laughs> <laughs> like we can't guarantee that they will work when you That's receive the shoe. shoe <laughs> Motherfucker, nine dollars Skechers work all the time. They can't guarantee Paul Jordan's shoes or Paul George's shoes. It's fucked yep. up. Eddie so. says he caught the Lord's footwear. We're gonna call him that for now on the Lord's the footwear. Lord's footwear. That sounds like a really high end shoe shop. Write that yeah. down. That's gonna be trademarked. The Lord's yeah. footwear. Yeah, only open on Sundays. I mean, those are hard to get. To <laughs> take them off Jesus himself, I mean. <laughs> it's like, instead of the Holy Grail, it's the Holy Sandal. <laughs> I don't know if I want sandals with holes in them, though. Come on. Well, you know, you got, you, it's 3,000, 5,000, whatever years old, you know? You just got to go with it, man. I mean, oh, you got to get true. what you get. <laughs> I'm going to share something real quick before we get into that. Oh, go right for here, it. Right here, baby. The Air Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So the was son he of, wearing... The son, of the, lerve, the, the son of the Lord came to serve, not to be served, my guy. <laughs> was he wearing those sandals when he was straight, uh, straight up dunking on uh, Satan like that? Come on. Basically. <laughs> no flashy footwear for Jesus. He doesn't need all that. Uh, give me a second here. I gotta get back to my presenter view. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> here, I'll share this while you're goofing around. Go for Bro. it. Look at that. <laughs> Paul George ain't got nothing on that. Oh my gosh. Didn't realize that Jesus was a Bulls fan. I mean, 
<laughs> and this is guaranteed to part the Red Seas. <laughs> All right, we're back. Yeah, we're back. I'm catching up here. All right. Oh, my gosh. So it's that time for the giveaway that I promised, and I did promise something, didn't I? So I'm going to be doing a little bit of trivia here. This is a simple Google search, really. We're going to put a minute timer on it just for sake of time. But really, I mean, it's a simple Google search. So let me go ahead and pop the question here. But first, let me uh, show you what we're getting in the way. So this is for con continental U.S. only. I want to make that clear from the get-go. I'm not shipping this thing overseas. <laughs> Just at my own dime. But this is the uh, Lego Mandalorian uh, set. That's the one where you get the Beskar Mando, Trouble on Tatooine. It's got a little sand uh, person, Baby Yoda, and, of course, Beskar Mando. Awesome set. That's awesome. If nobody wants it, just give it to me. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Um, all right, let's put a top stopwatch on here. All right, so the question here become is, let me just pull up my little reference here. Because I told you I Googled this. That Well, I know it's easy to Google. Aloysius Kallig, who was he betrayed by? Don't what Sith Lord was he betrayed by that ultimately led to his death? And we are starting the timer now. What is the person's name? Aloysius Kallig. Kallig's the key word there. DJ Kallig. <laughs> like I said, this is an easy Google search. It should take you two seconds. You got 20 seconds on the clock. And if not, if nobody gets it, I'll just do a, uh, I'll just do a what number am I thinking of? Eddie says, Danny, you think Moses did that without Jesus? Um. Wow, nothing. Okay, then. I mean, you Apparently my put trivia banner on the screen. Or something. <sighs> I, I got a stopwatch on my phone, guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> there's only so much. I well, there's like a it. 10 second delay, like a 10 to 30 second delay. So that's why I'm letting it go to a minute 15. <laughs> I've been told my trivia questions are too hard. Maybe there's something. Bro, to that. no one, no one knows who DJ Khaled is, bro. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm lost, honestly. Do some mainstream trivia, bro. Yeah. All right, mainstream trivia. All right, all right. From the movies or something. <laughs> okay, get, I'm guessing of a number between um. 1 and 60. <laughs> Shut up, Zach. <laughs> guessing a number between 1 and 60. Closest without going over gets it. What number am I thinking of? Man, he says For the prize, happened. people. I, I don't know. <laughs> DJ Yeah, <Khaled>. yeah. <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm a man of culture. I apologize. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> Very obscure culture. This is obscure show. This is collecting rarities. <laughs> Come on, people. Gotta it. make it rare. <laughs> All right. We'll give another twenty-five seconds on the clock here. So, real for... talk. Is the number eight? No. Okay. Well, are you gonna tell us the answer to the trivia? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so it was Tulak Horde. Oh, okay. So Kallig was betrayed by Tulak Horde, and eventually, ironically, uh, Tulak Horde's servant became a uh, servant to a Kallig later on. So, interesting stuff there. Yeah. Alright, we got 43. Toy Mafia is guessing like more than once. I don't know that that was the point, but no. But his first guess is what counts, and unfortunately, that's the one that won. <laughs> My number was 51. Wait, you just said without going over, though. Without going over. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh my Bro, god! You are the worst at trivia. <laughs> I am the worst. This is why so, I have Seth. <laughs> we we have to clean up our act. Come on. Okay. Yeah, this. We have to look professional. Me. All right, so, so it's Manny. Manny. It's Manny. Manny won. All right, Manny, you are the proud owner of this bungled giveaway. You for did this. Toy Mafia dirty though. 
I did. I did. I apologize for <laughs> mafia. Tell you what, I'll make it up to you. We'll. Uh, I'll slip you the answer to the next giveaway. How does that sound? <laughs> well, why do? No, there's not going to be another giveaway. <laughs> well, why do we get to do the show? Honestly, I I don't know. You're asking the right person, and I don't know. What the fuck is going on with the show, bro? All right, all right. Moving on, people. It's What The Scrapyard, Annie. We want to thank our friends over at Watto Scrapyard for sponsoring tonight's episode. You can find them on Instagram at Watto Scrapyard. They're also on Facebook and eBay as well. Yeah, man. They make 3D printed parts for hard-to-come-by Canon Hasbro vehicles, which is a huge help when you're looking for those lost pieces. Uh, they also make uh, printed head sculpts of literally anybody you could think of. Literally anyone. They've made a head sculpt of me. They've made head sculpts of... Uh, PewDiePie for you. They've made all kinds of Jedi, all kinds of characters from the Star Wars universe. They are absolutely amazing. They can get any sculpt you want designed and printed for a reasonable fee today. Alright. I hope trust everyone's over their nice bout of the giggles. <laughs> I am. No promises. No promises? Alright. Well, that's the best we can do here. Alright. So, Zachary, this is your segment. Take it away. Yeah, so Rainer and Seth asked me to be on here today to talk about mechanical keyboards. Uh, so what is a mechanical keyboard? It is a keyboard built with high-quality, typically spring-activated key switches. Uh, they vary based on the keyboard's application or user preference, typically preference. Uh, while some of the first widely sold keyboards, such as IBM's Model M in the 1980s, utilized mechanical switches, the 1990s brought on a wave of inexpensive rubber dome uh, keyboard uh, rubber dome keyboards, and now they represent about 90% of keyboards in use today. Um, they're inexpensive, like you can get like a basic rubber keyboard for like 10 bucks. Um, I mean, some of them are alright, but um, I've kind of gotten the bug of mechanical keyboards lately. Yeah, I know uh, I know mechanical keyboards are really good for gaming. Um, I, that's what I use. I use an MSI Mechanical myself right here. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how well y'all can see that. Ooh, fancy! Yeah, it's got that rainbow colors going on. So fancy. I mean, it basically makes you game like quite like you know ten percent better. I think is what they say. Just oh kidding. yeah. Um, do you mind if I run slides? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right. So um, they raise the bar in every way: a mechanical keyboard switches, framing functionality, type print methods, key construction. The PCB board, which is what the switches connect to, uh, and the LED lighting are typically a lot better than rubber dome keyboards, uh, but it really kind of boils down to preference. Like, if you're just someone that's typing, you know, doing like general work stuff, you know, you probably won't really notice the difference. Uh, but if you're someone that, that um, cares about those kind of things, uh, they simply, I think they feel a lot better than rubber dome keyboards. Eddie says, do people know what a keyboard is? I mean, a lot of people don't know what a mechanical keyboard is. So. Well, most people just think a keyboard, all keyboards are the same, you know, but the actuality, there's a lot of differences between them. I mean, especially when you're talking about RGB gaming keyboards with, like, macros and stuff built in. Yeah, so on the left here, this is an example of, like, if you take apart a uh, mechanical keyboard, what you would see on the inside. Uh, the switches would vary, uh, but basically, they're actual, like, each button has, like, a little physical switch that works. Uh, and then on the right, you have like a, a sort of like a membrane type keyboard. So um, everything kind of makes contact with this membrane and it triggers the keystroke. Uh, so there is a uh, video or yeah, video I'm going to play, um, but it, or it's actually a website. But basically it shows you like some of the differences between the switches, because when you get a mechanical keyboard, one of the first things you have to decide um, is what type of switch you want. So um, I'll talk about a few. Uh, we'll start with Cherry MX Black switches. So this is how the switch activates uh, inside the housing. It's a linear switch. Uh, it does not have a tactile or clicky um, feel to it. Uh, it says Cherry MX Black switches are linear, non-tactile switches. They're considered one of the best switch types for gaming. Uh, when gaming, having a tactile bump does absolutely nothing because you're going to bottom out anyways. So these give you a smooth feel. The actuation and release points are the exact same. Uh, position as well, so games that require a lot of double tapping become easier than any other key switch. However, most people don't enjoy typing on them uh, due to their linear nature. 
If you're a person who tends to hit a wrong key every so often while gaming, these will be beneficial and the high actuation force will prevent many of those accidental key presses. So these, they do require a little bit of higher force to activate the switch. Uh, and so that's why they mentioned at the end, it helps with accidental presses. Um, one thing that's kind of difficult if you're buying a keyboard online is um, you kind of just have to go off of like other people's videos. It's not like you can go to, especially with COVID, you can't just go to a store and start like, you know, typing on keyboards. Uh, so unfortunately for these, you kind of really have to, um, trial you know, and error. Yeah. Trial and error. And there's some companies that sell like a tester board and it'll be like five switches and each button is a different switch. And you basically just like pick the one that you want. That's uh, cool. cherry MX Brown. These are the ones that I have on all my keyboards. They're tactile with no click. Uh, the actuation force is 45 grams, so it's a little bit less than the uh, Cherry MX Blacks. Uh, they're considered the middle ground between typing and gaming switches. They have a light tactile feel halfway through the key press that lets you know when the switch is activated. Uh, this gives you an indication of what you can, uh, when you can release the switch. The switch is considered a middle ground because the reset point and actuation point are close enough together that you can float at that point, enabling you to double tap faster. Um, all mine have this switch. I. I think it's a good middle ground because I do a lot of typing on my keyboard, but I also do a little bit of gaming. I wouldn't say I'm like a super crazy gamer, uh, but these have um, the right balance of like the noise they make, the force that's required, and the and the the feel of the keys. Uh, MX Blues, these are tactile and clicky. I don't like these. These are really popular, but they're too loud for me. Uh, these are the best switches for typing. Uh, the tactile bump can easily be felt, and the resistance is similar to your average keyboard. Uh, many people find them just fine for gaming. Uh, some don't like the fact that the release point is above the actuation point. This can cause some trouble with double tapping. This is usually the case with someone who's experienced other mechanical keyboards beforehand. So I have a video here showing some different uh, keys. Uh, so let me share this with the audio. So this first one is the blue switches, so they're clicky and tactile. This is red switches, so they're not too clicky. And then brown, which is ones that I like. Sounds like my keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve oh, yeah. says def definitely recommend Micro Center if you have one around to test most of these out in person. Oh, yeah, I definitely couldn't agree with that. Micro Center's the bomb. I love Micro Center. Yeah. I've been wanting to try out red switches, uh, just because they are a little bit quieter, I think, than browns, but, um, yeah, that's kind of, like, the biggest thing when you're buying one of these is, like, actually what kind of switches that yours have. So, Zach, what, what type of switch does yours have in it? You know, I'm not 100% sure. It's the one that came with my, uh, my desktop, so I bought a, uh, pre-built rig from MSI, and yeah. so I'm not 100% sure what's it, what my keyboard is. But I can tell you it's loud and it does have a fair amount of resistance. So, If you pop a keycap off, is it like red, black, or blue on, on, on the inside? Yeah, of it? I have never popped a keycap off with this thing. Oh my god, so you I don't, don't clean your keyboard, my guy? Well, um, I mean, I, I clean it. I clean it, just not that way. And that was actually my question that I was going to ask you is, with all these different mechanical pieces, how do you clean these things? Uh, so there's, there's, I mean, you know, obviously you can... Uh, so Nope says you can get O-rings to dampen the sound, Zach. Um, you can just like blow compressed air on them with the keys on. Uh, Linus Tech Tips did a video where he they took some some keyboards and they tested different ways to clean them. And one way, I wouldn't say it's recommended, but one way that they did it, they were trying to test like if you're just super lazy and you just want the easiest way to do it, if you took all the keycaps off and just put it in the dishwasher, would it still work? And every keyboard that they tried worked fine after it fully dried, so they dried it out for like a week. Oh, of course. I wouldn't recommend doing that, but oh, uh, of course not. You know, <laughs> a lot of videos like you can you can clean the keycaps off, uh, you know, with uh, like a cleaning solution, and then you know dust out the uh, inside of the keyboard. Um, you know, there's stuff that could get trapped underneath the PCB, uh, and most keyboards you can unscrew the back to clean that out, but. Um, you know, generally speaking, you know, it's so it's just a I matter know, of like actually taking the time to clean it. Nope says he uses isopropyl alcohol on his. I know keys. they do make these special wipes that I actually saw ironically at Micro Center when I was living in D.C. that have like none of the harmful chemicals and stuff that can harm the keyboard electronics. 
Yeah. And I forget what they're called, though. Um, but, yeah, like, I was going to ask you about those, if you know what. I, yeah, I haven't heard that one. Um, but I'll definitely look into that. Now, once you figure out the kind of switch you want, the next thing is to figure out what kind of form factor you want. So, you know, when people typically think of a keyboard, they're most likely thinking of a 100% keyboard uh, because that is basically a full-size keyboard. So you have your, you know, your function buttons, your your keys, the the arrows, you know. The, I know. The I know mine's right, 100%. Yeah, uh, but I would say most common that I see are 100%, 80%, which is called 10 keyless, so you don't have the number pad on the right, and then 60%. Uh, there are some 40% builds, but I have i don't see those that often. Um, Eddie says Zach has to clean his out a lot because of 4K MILF porn, bro. You are not lying. Uh, but <laughs> for me personally, because on my desk, uh, with, with what we do, I have like, you know, I obviously have my keyboard, I have my mouse. But then I usually put a drink on the desk because we're talking a lot. And then I have my stream deck. And then, you know, I just have all different kind of things that, like, stuff I don't want to lose, like the stickers and stuff. So I need, like, I don't have a huge desk. So I like the 60%. It gives me, like, the most functionality for what I do, like the, the podcast editing. Um, you know, I would say I would like to have arrow keys, but 80% um, is maybe a little bit larger than I want to go. Uh, and with the stream deck taking up some space and the mixer and the speakers and everything, it's... This is like the perfect size for me. Uh, in fact, now when I put a full-size keyboard on my desk, it's like kind of a lot. Uh, and it's funny, I had a problem with my computer, and when Geek Squad came to check it out, this was with the first computer, um, I had the 60% keyboard, and the guy was trying to do like bio stuff, and he's like, I don't know what any of these buttons are. Like, where's the arrow keys? Where's the function keys? Where you yeah. know, Because with the bio stuff, you're doing a lot of that stuff. And... Uh, I had to like dig through the box and dig out the factory keyboard because he's like, I I can't do any of this work on this keyboard. <laughs> so what do you what what kind of uh, keyboard do they recommend for you know general use stuff versus like specialized stuff like gaming or like programming? I mean, if you're programming, I would. I mean, if you're doing like real intensive stuff like that, I'd probably go 100. percent But if you're just doing uh, like light gaming, um, I like the 60 percent personally. Um, and, and like you said, a lot of these keyboards, they do have macros. So, you know, you could, you could program one key switch to do multiple key presses, um, yeah. which will definitely save you some time. So, um, I think it just really depends like how much desk space you have. Cause I have a 60 inch desk, which I mean, is about average. Uh, but when you put a computer on the desk and I have two monitors and it, it just like the space gets filled pretty quickly. So I like yeah, the 60% personally, um, I don't see a lot of seventy-five percent or sixty-eight uh, percent. They're out there, but you know, typically the ones I've looked at, they're hundred, sixty, eighty, and forty. Yeah. Now, once you do decide your switch and then your size, another thing is the profile of the keycap. So, uh, this is a side view of what a keyboard would look like. So, the top R one is like the first row of keys, and then uh, going down to the spacebar row. And this is the profile of like how your fingers will sit on the keyboard. And this typically you would decide like if you're buying keycaps, because I think a lot of factories, like, you know, when they're making their keyboards, they typically go Cherry or OEM. Uh, but basically this is just how the keys are uh, when you look at a cross-section of the keyboard. And uh, this is all personal preference, so... Um, I'm about to say, you what's know, the advantages to disadvantages? Uh, the, the, there's not really any. I think it's just the way that it feels and like how you know your hand interacts with the keyboard. I've only had experience with OEM and XDA, uh, and I do like both of those. But I wouldn't say like I type faster on one or the other. It's just it's just a different look to the board. Um, the XDA, which is this keyboard here, is like completely flat compared to like one of those which are OEMs that. Uh, they're not flat, but I mean, they do have a little bit of divot to them. I imagine the OEMs might come in come a hindrance in gaming because you know you're you're trying to reach for a key quickly and you don't have the time to go up and down. You might accidentally scrape across something like that if they're raised higher. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I've I don't do like competitive gaming, so that that could be a thing. Uh, but I've you know I feel like I type and and perform just as well in both. Uh, but there are different profiles, and, and you'll see them when you're buying keycaps. They'll say, like, SA, OEM, Cherry. And those are important to know before you buy anything what, uh, you know, what uh, type of profile they have. Because, you know, you might be buying individual keycaps. 
some people buy like special escape bars or um, like shift and, and caps lock and space bars. But if you have an OEM keyboard and you buy like an XDA space bar, it will look different than every other key on that row. So it's sure. important to know that. And I actually almost made that mistake today when I was buying a like an artisan keycap. Uh, this is another bit of thing you can do with these keyboards. I mean, I guess you could do it with like a regular keyboard too, but uh, when you're talking about mechanical keyboards, a lot of people, uh, it is really sort of a bit of expressionism. So um, people customize the keycaps that come with the keyboards, the frames, and then also the cables. So I tried to hold out on buying a custom cable because I was like, ah, eh, like that's kind of silly. But honestly, I like the custom cables now and I'm like, I can't wait to buy the next one. Uh, but these are coiled cables, so they just kind of like, you know, if you have to have a cable on your desk, which a lot of these mechanical keyboards typically do, um, it's just a little bit nicer if it matches like your setup or your keyboard, um, you know, so you can buy these. They're usually anywhere from like 20 to $100 depending. Uh, you can spend, you know, for a keyboard, like you could spend, you know, 50 bucks to like a thousand or 10. I mean, like they, they get up there when you're dealing with so the the, the more, but it's kind of like head sculpts with six scale. Like, you know, you could pay like me to paint you a head sculpt and it won't be that much. So but, let me uh, ask you, let me ask you this with these cables. Is there any way to improve the, the lag time or the latency or anything with the keyboards? I, I mean, they all claim, you know, to have like gold fittings and all this stuff, but I mean, Again, I don't do super competitive gaming, so I don't know that it's really affecting, like, when I press a key, how fast is the keyboard doing it? I think it's mostly just for aesthetics, but uh, what I was saying is, like, you know, for some of these things, like, in this hobby or any hobby in general, like, you know, you could pay someone, you know, 50 bucks to paint a head sculpt, or you could pay someone, you know, $1,000 to paint a head sculpt, and it really just depends on... Uh, what level of craftsmanship you want. So, yeah. um, you know, some of the keyboards that I'll show you later are going to be really expensive. And some of the ones that uh, I'll show you a little bit later are also really budget. So Eddie says, why choose a wired keyboard over a wireless? Uh, well, one, a wireless keyboard is more maintenance because you do have to plug it in every so often. Um, I, There's a delay. Yeah, There's there a is a little too. bit of a delay. Um I personally just go wired because during the show, the last thing I want to happen is something not work. So imagine I'm in the middle of the show and like my keyboard stops working. Um, then I basically have to like stop the show, find out why it's not working. So um, I I would say just for what, what I do personally, I, I do use a wireless mouse, but I always have a mouse on standby right next to me. So um, and I charge this one uh, fairly often, but um, I think it just really depends on what you want. I mean, I, some of the ones that I have, they are wired and wireless, so they can be unplugged and switch over to Bluetooth, but I always run them wired because I I do like the idea of not having wires on the desk, uh, but at the same time, I just don't want to ever have to deal with something dying in the middle of the show. Yeah, it's the same Makes thing sense. with my uh, Razer Naga mouse that I use when I MMO game. I, I have the ability to make it wireless, but why should I have it die in the middle of like a run or something when I'm like in, in panic mode? So I always yeah. keep plugged in. Yeah, I try to eliminate wireless as much as I can. Like I said, the mouse is only wireless because I don't have a clean way to route the wire. Uh, but these headphones, they're wireless, but they do work with a wire with much less features. And I always run them with the wire because, I, I, like I said, I cannot... The last thing I want is my headphones to die in the middle of the show and then have everyone's, you know, hear all the speakers come out. And it's just awful. Uh, another accessory people do buy with their keyboards. Uh, a lot of people will buy, like, fancy mats that match their, their setup colors or their keyboard colors. So this is one here. Um, but it's just like, you know, there's not really any benefit to it. It's just purely aesthetics. And oh, you know, yeah. I guess when you get into this things, like I said, you could spend, uh, a few bucks and get a, like just a generic keyboard, or you can spend a little bit more and get something. Well, some know, of those mats, premium. some of those mats, don't they have like a little raised bump where you can like rest your, uh, rest your yeah. wrists and stuff where you can type? Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, yeah. So this is just an example of one of those mats. Um, as far as like where to start when you're getting into uh, mechanical keyboards, I certainly wouldn't go out and spend like a thousand dollars and have someone make you one uh, because that's a lot of money and maybe you don't even like the way it sounds. Uh, so I have three budget keyboards if you guys want to look into them. So this is the RK61 RGB. Uh, they do have a white LED only version, which is like $45, so it's about $20 cheaper. Uh, this is a 60% keyboard, uh, which is that uh, form factor we talked about earlier. 
uh, and this is a wired slash wireless. So this one can function as a Bluetooth keyboard or a wired keyboard. Uh, and with this version in the Amazon description, you can actually specify if you want red, brown, or I think black switches. So uh, going back to what we talked about earlier, you do have to s select both the profile and the switch type. The next one uh, is the Anpro 2. So this one's a little bit more. It's coming in at $89. Uh, this is also a 60% wired slash wireless keyboard. Um, this uses a type of switch called Gateron, and I have I don't have a lot of experience with these, uh, but I, I think Steven Kret from Ox does use Gaterons, and I think he does like them. Uh, but this is also RGB, um, and uh, it's also 60%, and it is a wired slash wireless. So this one is a little bit more expensive. You're going from 65 with the 10% coupon up to 89, uh, but this is a much more premium keyboard uh, than the first one. And then the last one, which is sort of like, you know, this one and this one here are kind of like the ones that really are like the top of the line for the budget. This is the Ducky 1-2 Mini. Uh, this one uses the cherry switches. So going back to what we talked about earlier, this one's 119. It's also in that 60% form factor. It comes in black and white. Uh, now this one, though, is only wired, so it does not work wirelessly. But this, so, is, uh, this is the one that I have. I have two RK61s and one Ducky 1-2 Mini. So I know uh, I know some of these keyboards, especially when you get like the hundred percent, you can really get some like fancy bells and whistles on them. Aside from the macros, I know uh, I had a Logitech uh, one a while back when I was poor and needed a cheap keyboard, but it yeah. had uh, it had a wheel for the volume, so like I could literally just go and mute it or and crank it up full volume. So um, if you want to get a little bit into some of the bells and whistles these things can have. Um, I mean, you know, with the form factors, I mean, you're not often, you know, seeing a 60% with a whole attachment for volume and stuff. I mean, sure. the whole point of the form factor is to go smaller. Uh, I don't know that I have any pictures of it, but I mean, there's some people that route like LEDs onto the side panels or, uh, you know, do like very, very custom keycaps with like their company logos, which is something I personally would love to do. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff, like I'll show you guys some custom builds, uh, here in a bit that are like way more than 119 bucks. Um, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there's people that will spend like 200 bucks on like a handmade coiled cable. So, I mean, it's, it, it can be a, an expensive hobby or it can be a cheap hobby. And right now I'm still in that like cheap hobby type of thing. Yeah. Well, Pemrica says uh... he rocks the, uh, and pro two and he likes the Gateron blues. So. So I know the 100%s, though, when you really get to those big keyboards, you really can, like, really deck them out and do all yeah. kinds of cool stuff with them. So, yeah, I had one that actually had an LED screen on it where I could, like, select my macro programs and stuff directly from the keyboard. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, this is an example of, like, a more expensive type of keyboard. So these are resin keycaps with, like, designs inside of the clear resin. So this is Jelly Key from r slash mechanical keyboards. Uh, these keycaps can be pretty cheap or pretty expensive depending on who's making them. Uh, I found a guy that makes them, I mean, he, I don't say he makes them, but he gets them from China. And they're about 30 bucks for like a space bar. Uh, and I picked up one, but I mean, that is like probably the very low end of something like this. Uh, because you can, you know, I've seen people that sell sets of these, you know, they're like a hundred, 200 bucks for a few keycaps. So, uh, but these look beautiful. These are, these are handmade wow. and, awesome. uh, Those they do are... look pretty good. Uh, this is another one from chicken. Oh, you're uh, hitting Boyo under, yeah, this is a space themed keyboard. He has the S H I T over there up top. Uh, I thought this one looked pretty cool. This is like another one of those like artisan keycaps. Uh, this is uh, Suicide Fate Zero, and like you said, Rainer, there are some features here. So this is, I think he does have a headphone volume knob and a little bit of an indicator here. Uh, but this is a custom keycap set, which looks pretty sweet. Uh, and then these are like those custom escape bars. So uh, this guy has a Kirby escape uh, keycap, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's just really a matter of the things that you like. So this guy has a Pokemon themed nice. uh, from... I believe this is heart gold, so silver, or maybe ruby, but this is the uh, opening scene that Latios he put, and Latias yeah, right there. Yeah, he transplanted that to a uh, a key set, and even like for displaying, like I know for us we like our uh, displays, but this guy has a bunch of mechanical keyboards uh, put into uh, sort of a bookshelf type thing. So, uh, I mean, you can, I mean, these are like kind of like more higher end stuff. I basically just search for like the best keyboard designs on the Reddit, but. 
I mean, there are some really nice like budget keycap sets out there. Um, you know, for example, uh, showing off the ones I have, this is a Coral Sea keycap set. Uh, so it is uh, like Japanese inspired. Uh, this is like a budget keycap set. So like for the full keyboard plus set, it was like less than a hundred bucks. Uh, this is my personal favorite one. It's uh, Milk and Honey. So it's a B with honey and milk designs on it. I think That's that one cool. looks pretty cool. And then this one here is the uh, Ducky One Two Mini with what's called pudding caps. So they like like rape your eyes with RGB, but it looks pretty cool. Nice. And it, the camera's freaking out, but it doesn't flicker like that in real life. And I know certain uh, keyboard brands will do certain things when you're gaming with certain games. Like, I know Alienware is infamous for that. They'll have, um, if you buy an Alienware mechanical keyboard, they'll, um, like, if you're gaming and, like, EVE Online and your Starship starts getting hit, they'll, like, start flashing red and doing all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that, actually. But, yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is a cool hobby. It's not, like... You know, I wouldn't say it's for everybody, but uh, I guess like this year, I really wanted to like make my desk appearance a little nicer and kind of like, you know, I don't know, like with everyone being stuck at home with COVID, there's been a lot of like YouTube setup videos where people are showing off their like fancy setups. So I've been kind of uh, taking that to heart and like trying to upgrade mine. Uh, and that was one thing that uh, I felt I was lacking because I mean, I was using like this really old dirty keyboard for that for like seven years and i mean it's so, a great keyboard it's like 10 bucks but i mean you know i wanted so to what was, what was the first keyboard that you bought that was mechanical uh the first keyboard that i got was the the white one with the japanese stuff okay. on it so yeah. what what kind of brand do you recommend for like a all-purpose use or you know something like that because i know you everybody's got their own brand that they prefer what do you prefer I really like the RK61, and, you know, it really depends if you want that RGB, because you can get the white LED version for, like, 45 bucks, which is what I have on the Milk and Honey keyboard. Uh, the, I will say I like the sound of the Ducky, and I think for the features, like, what it has, what it can do, the, the brightness of the RGB, um, I think the Ducky 1-2 is really good, because you can get them for 100 bucks plus, like, 10 bucks shipping when they're in stock. Uh, and it's such a good keyboard that um, I don't know if it's totally worth it, but I mean, it's a really fucking nice keyboard. Um, I know Steven Kret came over and looked at it and he liked it, but uh, he was like, your your space bar needs a little bit more lubrication on the, the stabilizer, which is what kind of like helps it not like wobble. So I need to do that because now that he pointed it out, I can't use it because I just hear that little like noise. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been really impressed with the RK 61s and, you know, they come in at 45 to 60 bucks. I mean, you know, that's just with the basic keycap. So that's not with a, a custom keycap set. Uh, but I think they're pretty good. And let me see if I can pull up, um, the, the, the key set that I have coming in. And, uh, I, what do you recommend as a good travel size, uh, for like, say you need to like, you, you do a lot of business on the go or something. 60%. I think 60% is like, you know, just an awesome form factor. I mean, the keyboard itself, I think 60% is like a foot long. So it's definitely not super crazy, uh, sized. So this is, uh, this new keycaps that I have coming in. It's inspired by Evangelion. So it has like nice. the Nerve logo. And uh, awesome. I'm gonna pick up a black, uh, a black RK61 for that. And then I have, I feel like anytime I get a keycap set, I want to just get a new keyboard to put it on because they're not that expensive. Uh, I also am trying to put together a koi build with that uh, that koi themed key keycap. So let me, I'll show you guys the keycap that I got. And I know like this is definitely not a, <laughs> I don't know that I so totally agree with this purchase, but. You know, I didn't want to spend like 300 bucks and wait like a year for a um, like an actual real artisan keycap. But this guy was selling these uh, Koi keycaps really cheap. And I was like, you know what, I'll try it. And if I like it, you know, maybe I'll get in on a wait list for one of these artisan ones. But this is the keycap that I have coming in, which is uh, this. So it's like that resin with the uh, fish on the inside. So if they come nice. in looking good, it doesn't come with the five keys. It's just the space bar. 
But uh, if it comes in looking good, then I will be very excited. So and you can get yeah, those clear awesome. and like have the light shine through, and it looks really yep. awesome, right? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a backlit keyboard. So, um, it is it is an interesting hobby. But uh, I appreciate you guys letting me come on and talk about it. Oh, not a problem, not a problem. Let me uh take over the slides here. Yeah. Oh, it's that time of the show, isn't it? Oh my God, got so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hear the disdain in my voice. Uh, this is the um, best part of the show. Yeah, and now I can't get the slides to pull back up. Hooray. Hold on a second. Let me stop you want me to sharing. run them? Uh, yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Danny said, do they make custom keys for laptops? They may. I've never heard of that, to be honest. I've heard of... Because uh, to take apart a laptop key, like this key, I can just pull it out. Like, it's not a big deal. But laptops Laptop are keys. typically built into the frame. So I've seen, I've seen like, you can buy, like, a gel cover that goes over the laptop but i've never heard of like a whole keycap set so maybe they're out there I, I i wouldn't know yeah all right what's well, that part of the show where we thank our patreons and i butcher their names so here we go <laughs> ben porter sean fear ian cb rian mendez eric marcel quinn aguire leo hernandez thank god i didn't butcher that again King Louie, Mark Pearson, Paul Schreiber, Schreiber, I apologize for that one, Lisa Martin Bomensky, Dan Lee, Deanie Martin, Stephen Critt, Big Fern, King Zachary, Caesar Maroquin, Mike Cruz, Bayou La Boyd, I don't know if that's a personal attempt Bo to trick La me. Boy? I don't know if that's a uh, personal Bo attempt to, tri <laughs> to trip me up or something, but yeah, let's go with it. Eric Ruiz, Mario Cortez, Stephen Persha, Sean Utsi, Utsby, something like that. <laughs> Scott Bradley, Jesse Zach, Contreras. These people, pay, these people pay us money, my guy. Can we have Seth read these or something? You're like roasting their it. whole existence. Go, go for it, man. Jesus. Go for it. That's <laughs> my favorite when he reads them. <laughs> go ahead, Seth. Take it over. Take it over. You got like three more. <laughs> Where were we? Oh my God. Uh, Jesse Contreras. <laughs> oh, bite me. <laughs> Steve and Maria Stanley, Lord Voldetort, Eddie Manzanares, right? And Joe Corpus. Boom. It wasn't Boom. Well then. Seth, from now on, you got to do these, man. That was. <laughs> that, that's your new, that's your new job. I really struggled with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Seth, why don't you take this one over, too, since you're going to be reading the Patreons. Okay. Join the Patreon. Pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was pathetic. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding. So uh, there's obviously three tiers. Tier one, Sweet Angel. Want Patreon-exclusive swag from the Collecting Weekly Network? Sorry, I cannot talk. <laughs> See, it's not just me. <laughs> yep. You got it here. $5 a month includes a sticker straight to your door, as well as access to Ox After Dark Replay. That's worth it in itself. That's an amazing time right there. Mm -hmm. And then also you can have your name butchered by uh, Rainer. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently. That's $5 per month. Certified Crispy is 15 per month. This tier includes an official Certified Crispy Certificate on First Pledge, assistance with figure fixes by Zach, message beforehand to confirm it's possible, and all the benefits from the pre previous tier. What a guy, $25 per month. Folks in this tier get assigned collective collecting, sorry, I almost said collective, collecting Jesus, weekly. Bro, we've only been doing this for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Seth. What a guy. Folks in this tier get a signed collecting weekly live 18 by 24 silhouette poster on first pledge. Doubles of all the stickers we send. One sculpt a year painted by Dark Side Customs. That's worth the price alone after three months. And the benefits of all the previous tiers. You know. Thank you for that. That was two out of three is pretty good. Fantastic. <laughs> I'll take over. You guys are killing me. Seth just doesn't want to be here. Main Patreon benefits: we're doing the live uh, collecting weekly live unboxing sticker. Uh, that is obviously in hand. I showed it earlier. And then Dean the Dream sticker. We'll be ordering that in the next few days. Uh, all the Patreon stuff have shipped uh, for April, so uh, we'll be shipping uh, these here in the next few weeks. But yeah. 
Uh, Dean the Dream Sticker, Manny designed that, and uh, looks the CW pretty good. Live unboxing, uh, me and Dean worked on that logo. So, stay oh, tuned uh, for that. let me let me let me plug something here. We're also working on some rarity swag with um, with somebody from the network. So it's coming. We ran into a bit of an issue with uh, the person's personal life taking over. So rarity swag it. is coming, but we're gonna we're gonna be getting some stickers here shortly. It's gonna be awesome. I've seen some of the. I've we've talked about some of the prototype designs being kind of Indiana Jones themeish. So very. Can awesome. we get a sticker that just says Lemur? Yeah, well, we have sure. nothing else to do. We'll do that. <laughs> sure, uh, why not? <laughs> we have a T Public store. Also, the T Public store. I don't think that they're on sale uh, right now, but they were on sale for a few days. But we have the. We kind of revamped the store. A lot of people didn't know that we. Um, had a store so we do have one and uh we have the cw live logo the ofac podcast the retro small talk the in and outs of collecting the only fools slash only fans the uh retro cw logo the fuck that guy t-shirt creeps are us ox plays the godzilla showcase theater rental shirt sticker the auxiliary a icon and the gooch grease shirt so those are available on t public uh, and then looking at the network, uh, we have Small Talk, CW Live, OFAC Podcast, Collecting Rarities, which you're listening to now, The Joy of Hobbying, In and Outs of Collecting, Ox Plays, After Dark, and Collecting Weekly Live Unboxing. So, great network there. I think uh, this week on Thursday, Small Talk is uploading and OFAC is going live. CW's on Tuesday, and then we just dropped Ox Plays last night. And then In and Outs should be uploading on Friday, their episode from last Friday. So... Definitely a bunch of content heading your way. And then oh, After Dark on Wednesday, times. as per usual. Fun times. Uh, we do have a Facebook group. It is Collecting Weekly Auxiliary. Uh, it's a fun group. We kind of just fuck around. And uh, Mario apparently is going to be selling a bunch of stuff in there at some point. So if you watched his last show, there's like... I mean, he basically did like a, a live sale. So uh, stay tuned for those posts. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Final thoughts, people. We, uh, I think we uh, did a pretty good show today. Um, Somebody I else think... might disagree. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know. We'll just, yeah. We'll just, you know. <laughs> but no, uh, no. I think uh, Zachary, you did an excellent. Uh, you had an excellent uh, amount of information about those keyboards. You told me some stuff I didn't know about these keyboards, and you've Thank got me you questioning. What I have now, so now I have yeah, to do some digging. Very bro. informative. Got to take that keyboards. keyboard apart and clean it, bro. Yeah, uh, also, I usually just air dust it, but yeah, I actually need to get down in the nitty gritty. One thing, real quick, uh, James C did actually just sign up for Patreon. I haven't had a chance to change that slide yet, so that is my fault. Uh, but James C, thank you for joining. You joined right in at the top tier, so uh, we appreciate that. And uh, I think we have April stickers left over, so if we do, we'll get your sent uh, your way. If not. Uh, we'll we'll get with you and figure out some uh, comparable uh, so, exchanges. So next yeah. show, uh, next show, I'm gonna be trying to get my hand. I'm gonna try to be getting in to see the guy who uh, runs a lot of the local uh, beer memorabilia for San Antonio. Uh, so I'm gonna be trying to get a hold of him, see if he wants to join the show. If not, show's gonna be beer themed. So Seth, you're gonna need to bring your Mountain Dew uh, martini or whatever it is you whatever it is you call oh, it. Dugarita. <laughs> Dugarita, there we go. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll definitely be all over that. I'll just be drinking we'll... beer the whole time. If anyone has any questions about keyboards, feel free to hit me up on Ox. Um, I know there's actually quite a few people uh, on Ox that are into keyboards, a lot more than I thought. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I will also put a disclaimer: I'm not like the biggest expert on mechanical keyboards. So if I said something wrong, you know, sue me. But take it up with him. <laughs> Yeah, take it up with management. If anybody has any questions about how we're still doing shows, I don't have any. Hey, hey, you know what? We got two more <laughs> shows, and then it's Crab Rave time, because that'll be number 10, and we get to do the Crab Rave. Ah, uh, yes. Number 10. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> have, he's like, I have Rainer, no idea how I'm questioning you this. Know, do you know that you have you had, up until this week, two number of episode fives? <laughs> You had episode five, and then you titled the best of episode five, and so oh, I just did I? deleted episode five from that one. So I, your numbering system is all messed up, bro. I don't know what uh, is, uh, I don't uh, know uh, what uh, is going on. You did like three episodes, and you're like, we're gonna do a best of show. I'm like, wow, that's pretty soon. 
for a best of show. Oh, You're man. all over the place, bro. I love it though. All right, all right, all right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna call this one. I don't know. We're gonna call 5. this 5. one number eight. We're gonna call this one number eight. Yeah, Two go more shows and, and retitle everything. Yeah, go through yeah, and title I everything. I will. Anyways, that that was a beautiful show. I'm. It. I love. It was fun. That. It was fun. It was fun. It made it. You had fun on some level. <laughs> yeah, mostly with the air Jesus. <laughs> All right, people. Well, I'm Rainer. I'm Seth. I'm Zach. Stay rare, stay golden, and we will catch you all next time.